your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and as I teased on yesterday's show, we have a very special guest, formerly known as Big Ten Ben, now just Ben Scott Stevens. We are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Ben, on this show today to talk all things Big Ten and the Super Bowl, which Ben had the awesome opportunity to be a part of. He also got to meet uh, an Iowa legend in Lucy Rodine, who... Uh, spoiler alert, might also be on the show at some point in the next couple of weeks as well. Just dropping lots of bombs here. Before we get to asking Ben how he is doing, though, I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. So, Ben, we've got you on the show. First and foremost, though, how are you doing, man? It's been a while. I feel like I haven't talked to you in person in probably like five, four, six months, maybe. I don't know. It has been a very long time. In fact, I think I've only made maybe one or two appearances on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, even in my long time of hosting Locked On Big Ten, and how frequently Andrew Wade, the host of Locked On Hawkeyes, who does a fantastic job covering all things Iowa, by the way, would be on Locked On Big Ten. I was hardly ever asked to return the favor, except for maybe around this time last year, after Iowa lost in the round of 32, I believe it was, to the Oregon Ducks in that game on a Monday. We were able to commiserate about our time watching the Iowa Hawkeyes get just run up and down the court by an Oregon offense that day. So I think that might have been my last time. I think we have spoken since then at certain points, but it feels great to be backed on Locked On just in general and, of course, the wonderful program that is Locked On Hawkeyes. I, uh, I appreciate that, man. I will say you haven't been on the show a lot, but you've come in a moment of need. Right. I remember texting you saying, Ben, I can't do this show by myself. Like I was, I think my wife was legitimately concerned for my health. Like she was like, you are so quiet. Is everything okay? And I was like, I have been so excited for this basketball season for two years. And then just to see them get absolutely destroyed. She's like, you look like you're going to have a mental breakdown. I was like, I feel like I'm going to have a mental breakdown. And Thankfully, you were able to come on the show because I don't think I could have gotten to that show by myself. That was honestly, this doesn't sound actually pathetic. That was one of the toughest shows ever. It was so depressing watching Iowa lose in the round of 32. Luca Garza crying. Everyone's crying. Everyone's sad. Iowa lose. Just frustrating. Uh, I do think I had you on before the the start of the football season, though, just to call out your – Yeah, so I think I had you on then, too. But that's it. I think this is the times. Listen, in both great times, and we had a lot of fun both of those times, even as we were having a tough time dealing with Iowa's early exit. By the way, just a terrible draw last year. Just oh, a terrible a draw, draw in the NCAA tournament. You knew it. You so could it. Oh, my God. It, and you just could a bad just, matchup. You could see it. You knew it. It was going to happen. Terrible. Anyway, and then ahead of last season, too, for Iowa and football, a relatively good season, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, hey. You know, it's been wonderful times for us here together on the Locked On, Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, truly. Yeah, it has been. And we, we have a lot to cover today because you have made a trip to the Super Bowl. You are absolutely mm-hmm. crushing it with your with your uh, betting show, which I will uh, – I think is funny because I remember when we first started to know each other, I was just hammering you on how yeah. bad you were the first, like, week of Big Ten betting. And oh, now – Yeah, oh, yeah, you were real bad. And I, I did not let yeah. you hear the end of it. 
um, and did not. I truly did not think you were actually good at, at betting, so I, I apologize there. But I want to officially apologize because now the only bets I make are bets that you do. Wow. For the most part. Granted, I, like, I don't really bet as ton. Usually, basically, I put money at the beginning of the season. I bet on it and you know, keep taking money out when I win, and then I'll leave it in there. And whenever I lose it, I just kind of bet on things that I feel like betting on at the time, which is usually like – because during like football season, I'm betting on like 15 games a weekend. But once I right. like win that money or eventually lose whatever, I only do like Iowa games and occasionally some things. But I'll bet some money on an Iowa game. When I win, I take that winnings, and I start betting on whatever the hell you tell me to bet on. And uh, for the most part, it's been pretty good. Your player props – were phenomenal, man. You were crushing Thursdays this season. Just truly amazing. I can't remember, was it DJ Moore you had? Like uh, over oh, like yeah. five and a half catches, and he had like seven in the first quarter. I was like, score. I just yeah. won. So uh, shout out to you for that. Um, how, how has that been going for you, man? It's been going very well. So the show that I host is called The Morning After on SportsGrid each and every weekday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. It's all over the place. It's Sirius XM Channel 159 if you listen on the radio. It's a YouTube TV channel for SportsGrid now. It's on our YouTube live stream. It's on a lot of platforms that at times I don't even know how to truly describe where you can find it. People will send me photos and be like, hey, watching you today. I'm like, how? I would actually love to know. I'm just curious of how you're watching it. So it's all over the place, but it's been fantastic. It's been a very growing time. We're, we're doing really cool things. We were at the Super Bowl, which was awesome. It was kind of like a, you know, aha moment for us to be there even in the first place, but certainly trying to take advantage of that opportunity as well to continue to grow, grow and grow. And it's just a media, you know, option where things are really growing right now in sports betting as it becomes more and more legalized across the country. And we really just kind of present anything you would see on normal sports content and just do it through the lens of gambling. So it's not necessarily like, Hey, here's my pick. Here's my pick. Here's my pick. It's like, for instance, as we get ready for big 10 football next year, we can focus on big 10 basketball right now. Purdue is a minus money favorite to win the big 10 conference with three games left. So it's like, Hey, here's why Purdue is the favorite at this price. And here's why that either makes sense or it doesn't based on what they have remaining and why there might be some value on Wisconsin who hosts Purdue on Tuesday night in what might decide the Big Ten regular season title. So it's all about trying to present that context through the odds of gambling and then hopefully driving an actionable thing where you can go and either be like, hey, that kid Ben knew what he was talking about, or that kid's an idiot. Let me go fade him and do the exact opposite of what he said. And to your point, not to agree with you necessarily or to make you feel better about yourself for absolutely slamming me when I started infamously 0-10-1 against the spread the first week and a half of Big Ten football last year in 2020, I've learned a lot more about what it actually means to be a smart sports better, to be a smart handicapper and how you approach things. Sometimes that's making no bet whatsoever if you don't have a strong feel. Sometimes that's an understanding of why the number is the way it is outside of how you expect the game to go. There are so many different lenses, and that's what we try to do on sports is just educate you and make you the best sports better that you could possibly be. So it's been going very, very well, and it's a ton of fun. But anytime I can put on the Big Ten hat and come back and could be a part of Locked on Hawkeyes is a huge moment for me. And also, I heard you say this in the intro, formerly known as Big Ten Ben. I am always Big Ten Ben, and please never Are you? Me. Yeah, Are you? 100%. I mean, you don't, you don't host the Big Ten show? You're not locked on Big Ten? I say I speak about the Big Ten almost on a daily basis on our show the morning after. And I don't know, were you tweeting at Frank Garza the other night, or was I tweeting at Frank Garza the other night? I was just texting Frank Garza. So, were you actually? You know, 
No, that'd be funny though, right? Ah, that'd be. <laughs> you should have. You should have stuck with your guns a little bit more. Then. No, I, I I texted him like a week ago and said, "Super excited for you and Luca to be back in Iowa City." And he's like, "Yeah, I really, really? appreciate that." That's pretty much it. So, but did you see his? I actually texted him. Did you see his picture the day following? Either it was from that day or the day prior, and they were driving on some road in Iowa, and it was just a beautiful shot of Americana with a silo in the background and the sun setting in such a beautiful way as you looked out over the horizon. It was beautiful. And it yeah. was like Frank's point of like, thank you to Iowa. And I almost, I think probably started tearing up a little bit. Dude, he is truly an amazing man to talk to. Just truly phenomenal. Like so much. We, when I talked to him, he literally talked to me about, I honestly, we had to like, I was like, we got to get to the show. Cause we talked for an hour before we actually started the show. I had to cancel yeah. work meetings. Cause I do this on the side. And this was uh, a year and a half, two years ago. Cause we were just, we were talking about like me and, and my wife and I, and when we we're going to start a family and how to be a father and all that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like just such a good person, just such a genuine, authentic, amazing human yeah. being. And for him to be a part of Iowa Hawkeye nation is pretty phenomenal. And uh, Iowa does have some pretty parts, man. The, the sunsets in Iowa can be very pretty now, not pretty enough to make me move from Denver, Colorado, which is significantly more pretty more often, but uh, you know, very pretty nonetheless. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I you know, I used to live in Omaha, Nebraska, out there on the plains as well. And some of those times when you can just see because of the flat nature of the landscape, when you can see for miles and miles, it's an absolutely beautiful thing. It truly is. Well, Ben, uh, I do want to ask about the Super Bowl, but I have decided ad hoc, spontaneously, I'm going to actually do these ad reads. So Let me know if you uh, want me to help at all. Not at all, uh, but okay. we're going to hop into it. <laughs> Um, March Madness, this is, oh man, if David's or anyone's listening, they're going to be so pissed about, uh, I just did a terrible job entering those ad reads, but March Madness is only a few weeks away. And that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going to go for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we are running brackets at runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pickaxe. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks, all stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, customer branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. So, Ben, you've got to check it out. Go to runyourpool.com slash locked on, and you can put yourself up against all of us and all the people who want to join for a cash prize. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing you and beating you, Big Ten Ben, right there. Yeah, you like that? Calling out during the during the talk. Also, it is the end of February, which means your resolutions, your New, Year, New Year's resolutions are probably struggling a little bit, right? That's what happens when you get to the second month of the year. You want to eat healthy. You want to be healthy. Sometimes it's just difficult, though. Putting away those french fries cannot always be that easy. Sometimes you want to grab that Snickers bar. Well, you can grab a Built Bar and get all those awesome taste buds that you get from the french fries and from the protein or the candy bar and get the nutritional benefits of a Built Bar. Built Bar is literally my go-to every single day because they're not only absolutely delicious, they're really good for you as well. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, plus 17 grams of protein. You literally can't find this anywhere else with this kind of flavor all packed into one chocolatey, gooey, amazing 
protein bar. So go to built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And again, thank you all for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. I appreciate that. Tune in wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Lockdown Hawkeyes. Ben, are you going to join Run Your Pool? Two comments on those wonderful ad reads that you just had right there, Andrew Wade. Am I going to join your pool? Probably not. But that being said, last year, my bracket, it sounds enticing. It sounds like a great offer, by the way. And you should use that (laughs) promo code, whatever it was. But last year, my bracket was so bad because it was so Big Ten heavy. And the Big Ten stunk it up in last year's NCAA tournament. That's something we can get to another dime. And then also, Bilt Bar is still incredible. I love Bilt Bar. With all of my heart, still to this day. And I don't know if it was just like a mailing glitch. And I hope me saying this right now on any sort of public forum that we are on here for the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is going to change this. But they were still sending me built bars even after I was done hosting Lockdown Big Ten. I'm talking multiple months down the line, nearly, well, not quite a year because I think I ended it last July, but like six months and they were still sending me built bar. And it was some of the best. I've ever had in my entire life, and I still love Built Bar with all my heart. So absolutely. they're good people. They are good people. Oh, they're actually people. they have my they have my old address. So they literally send Built Bars to the people who bought our old home every Sick. month. And they're like, "Why do you get pro?" Like, because I talk to them, they like come over and pick up your protein bars. I'm like, you can have them if you want. Like, I have, a, I have literally plenty. I have like actually. Let me just quickly. Those are all Built Bars. Oh my god, that's a lot of Built Bars. Yeah. Bilt Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Yeah. So, I still yeah, I, yeah you're, you're so good at this. I should have just let you do the ad read yourself. Um, read. Speaking of Big Ten basketball, though, and I want to talk about Super Bowl, too, but Big Ten basketball yeah. last year was the toughest conference in the country, and they did not show up when it came to March Madness. This year, right. I feel like the love has not been given to Big Ten basketball nearly as much. Right. But do you feel like they have an opportunity to make a run? When you look at like an Illinois team, they've been dealing with injuries throughout the year. Purdue is weirdly ineffective at weird times. Um, Iowa, which we're going to talk about a little bit, I think could be a matchup problem a la Oregon of last Mm. year. Um, Mm. So I just want to get your thoughts on Big Ten basketball this year and kind of where you see them going in March. Yeah, when you look at it from a market perspective, because again, I evaluate a lot of things through the odds. Purdue has some of the best odds to win the national championship right now, but I would be hesitant to back the Boilermakers. I think that Purdue is the best team in the Big Ten Conference. I have a futures ticket on Purdue winning the Big Ten, and I stated from last year's college basketball season that Purdue should be the favorite to win the Big Ten this year, and they have looked and lived up to that billing. But there's something when it comes to the metrics, and when you study Ken Palm that you know the results based on what it quantifies to be a successful team in the NCAA tournament. And Purdue has that offensively, the most efficient offense in the country right now in all of college basketball. But defensively, ranking outside the top 100, that is not a sustainable metric of success for the NCAA tournament. Can you win one, two, maybe even three games? Sure, but does that translate to being a national champion or even Final Four contender? That's a farther bridge to climb. So that's where I think Purdue has to shore things up to improve defensively to have a really good shot against the best teams on a weird, you know, any given night kind of basis, which it is in the NCAA tournament to have a chance to be a true national championship contender. But there is some depth to the Big Ten Conference. And I think we've seen that the last couple of years. But this year, 
when you look at it, there are some teams in that spot that either in Iowa, led by Keegan Murray, who can take over a game and just change the course of what we will see. Same case for Wisconsin and Johnny Davis, a veteran group there as well. Illinois certainly seems like they have the makeup to make another run, but they didn't last year. And I like that team a little bit more than I like this team, because when you think about a classic NCAA tournament team, Io DeSumo paired with Kofi Coburn is about as good as it gets. But Andre Corbello coming off the bench too, just impressive. I mean, it was ridiculous. And you still had Trent Trent Frazier there in your glue spot as well. So I think this year they have a really good team. Andre Corbello, when healthy, has been fantastic. Trent Frazier, even more of a senior leadership role and controls things defensively. Alfonso Plummer has become a knockdown three-point shooter for Brad Underwood and company. But I liked last year's team a little bit more than this year's team. So I'm not sure that really changes. It really depends on their draw as well, because to get Loyola Chicago as the eighth seed, oh, that was pretty miserable a season ago. But there are teams like that in the Big Ten, like even Ohio State in the core that they have, led by EJ Liddell. I think they could make some noise in the NCAA tournament. So it really depends kind of on what the draw looks like for the Big Ten. But Andrew, there's a reason. It's not just a coincidence at this point. The Big Ten hasn't won a national championship in men's basketball in over two decades, not since 2000, and the Michigan State Spartans did so. And that's why is that? We talked about that all last year after the Big Ten burned out in the NCAA tournament. I think that's because the style of play that you see in the Big Ten does not translate to the NCAA tournament when you have referees that blow whistles at very inconvenient times and slow down the pace of play, which is a very different picture than what we see during March Madness. That's probably the biggest reason I think the Big Ten struggles when it comes to having success in the NCAA tournament. So I am hopeful. I look forward to watching the Big Ten. In the big dance, I'm not sure there's a true national championship contender as I see it right now by the time we get to early April. Makes sense. And uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the officiating because the officiating in the Big Ten, I feel like, has been just sloppy. And I I try to make a point of it. It's not just against Iowa. It's against every team. It is just just bad. It is just absolutely atrocious. Uh, Joe Toussaint drove to the lane and got destroyed. I mean – if he wasn't, he basically did acrobatics to get the ball up into the air to even make a shot, and they slammed him to the ground. And the only reason why the the, the play stopped was because they're like, "Oh, is he injured? How do you go up, get knocked around like that from two guys, one from behind, and not call a foul? But then you call a foul on Iowa against Rutgers with two seconds remaining at the top of the key on a very ticky tacky. Oh. He might have barely touched him. Crap, uh, just just so freaking frustrating. What are your thoughts on the officiating and how that's been this year? I mean, the Big Ten has certainly struggled with that. When you have guys like Bo Borowski that <laughs> oftentimes want to make the game about themselves. And, I, like, listen, we all joke about Bo, and we do a lot of memes on Twitter, but it's true. Like, he does, at times, try to control the narrative of a game. And that's why I think the Big Ten does struggle in the NCAA tournament, because you have referees that try to control the pace of play. That can't happen. You can't dictate the flow of the game based on whistles and how you think the game needs to be officiated. But I think it's a bigger problem for college basketball. We have seen some questionable officiating across the entire country. You could look back on last night, depending on when this is released, the Providence and Xavier game. A former Iowa Hawkeye and Jack Nungy called for a flagrant one because there's no longer intentional fouls, but a flagrant one for one of the wildest plays you'll ever see where he just got a little bit physical with Providence's big man, Nate Watson. It wasn't like he shoved him. wasn't like he wrapped him up. And that play turned out to be huge in a double overtime game that eventually led to three OTs between Providence 
and Xavier. And you had Dan Hurley two nights ago in the UConn and Villanova game get thrown out for pumping up the crowd. Like we're having very weird officiating across the board. And that is certainly the case in the Big Ten Conference as well. The thing that makes it very difficult at times when you watch those kind of games is you don't need to see the refs. We don't want to see the referees. We don't want the, be the, uh, the game to be dictated by what they believe they saw or didn't see or the call that they need to make. You want to see the play on the court and the actions the players make decide the outcomes of games. And I think at times this year, we've lost that a little bit. I don't think it's been like, oh my God, this is the worst we've ever seen or it's terrible or hopefully it's not a continuing issue. But that certainly has come up time and again throughout the Big Ten and really a lot of college basketball, unfortunately. Yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. It's frustrating to me also the the refs and the fact that they are the same refs each year, right? The Big Ten has oh, yeah. their group of refs and how they treat teams is different. Tom Izzo gets a lot different treatment than Fran McCaffrey gets. Fran McCaffrey is a bad rep. Fran McCaffrey got suspended for two, and I went on a big rant on this yesterday, but Fran McCaffrey got suspended for two games for yelling at an official in a tunnel. And Juwan Howard gets suspended for five games for punching a guy. Absolutely punching a coach. And the difference is just three more games. I mean, uh, and I know that's not officiating, but just how the Big Ten governs their entire process is just absolutely atrocious, in my opinion. Uh, I know you never agreed with me, but I still think we should make fire Kevin Warren shirts. The Big Ten, clearly in chaos. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more about that and get to the Super Bowl. We only have so much time, though, uh, with our beloved Big Ten Ben. But first, Big Ten Ben does a lot of awesome work over at what is, is it? Not sports bet. Sports the morning after sports grid. Yeah, I knew I was morning after sports grid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I was like the morning after. Okay, Ben does a great job at the morning after uh, sports grid show for three hours covering all the betting needs. Like I said, I do a lot of my bets based off of what Ben says, um, and I think you should do your bets based off what Ben says as well. And you can do that at BetOnline.net. Football season might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam with both pro and college hoops. Plus March Madness is coming right around the corner from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. And it's not just basketball. They got hockey, boxing, UFC odds. Write down the Olympic coverage from the last two weeks. It's been phenomenal at BetOnline.net. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action. Believe me, I wouldn't tell you about BetOnline.net if I did not trust it myself. That is literally where I go to make all my money when I follow Big Ten Ben each and every day with his Big Ben bet of the week, or you call it lock, 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 or I don't remember what it's called. Big Bye, bye, bye. But yeah, bye, bye, bye. B-U-I, like, like a bye. You know, like I'm literally just butchering it. all the things you do. But nevertheless, right. betonline.net, it's where the game starts. <laughs> Man, um, really was trying to sell you there, and I was just butchering everything. But uh, let's get into some more talk. I want to quickly get to the Super Bowl at some point. But first, yeah. this Iowa basketball team. So last year – Iowa ran into a very tough Oregon team. I think Oregon was probably underseeded. I think the Pac-12 sure. uh, did not have a lot of love from the tournament committee. It didn't help that it was a kind of a COVID year, a weird year. They didn't play a lot of you know kind of those games they normally would play to show how well they actually good or how good they actually were. Oregon, uh, very small team, can light up the scoreboard in a hurry, and their athleticism, their quickness dominated an Iowa team that was struggling with injuries. Yep. That sucked. But it's a great example of why we do the tournament. Anything can happen on any given day. Now, this Iowa team, at this point, two wins in a row. They beat Ohio State on the road. They beat Michigan Shoot. State in a slaughter fest that Oof. Tom Izzo said we ran into an ambush. I feel like at this point he was just defeated. Um, they have one of the nation's best players in Keegan Murray. They have three guys who are six foot eight and can guard one through five and also shoot the three and drive to the basket. 
They have a lethal three-point shooter in Jordan Bohannon. Is this a is this the kind of team that you don't want to you don't want to face in the second round of an NCAA tournament? Um, or am I wrong here? Am I just am I too excited about the last two games for Iowa Hawkeye basketball? Well, no, I think they're trending in a very positive direction when you look at what Iowa is doing right now. And a lot of times in my industry, Andrew, when you do things through a sports betting lens in sports media, you look at how a team performs against the number because it's an expectation and an indication from very smart models and algorithms that are put out in these power ratings that come up with spreads that we bet on on a nightly basis to say how the game should go or what the most likely outcome of the game is is in Iowa this year as a favorite now 13 and nine against the number, which is a very strong indication to me about how good a basketball team is. Because if you're a 14 point favorite in a game and you win by two, great, you got to win. And it adds up all the same way in the win loss column, but you were expected to win that game by a substantial margin. And does that show that there are some weaknesses in your repertoire and what you bring? If you're covering numbers as a favorite, you are expected to win the game by a certain amount, and you are doing so. So those high expectations are met with high results. In Iowa this year, as a favorite, again, 13-9 ATS, who has played very, very well at certain points this year. To win on the road in Columbus over the weekend was huge for the Hawkeyes, and then they could have been in a classic letdown spot with a hungry Michigan State team that had yep. lost four of their last five entering, even with all the hoopla of Luca Garza having his uh, – Jersey retired and hung up in the Raptors and Roy Marble's family there. All of that that could have gone into maybe a letdown spot. Iowa didn't. And in fact, they stormed Michigan winning that game or Michigan State winning that game by more than 20 points. So again, an indication that Fran McCaffrey's group is trending in the right direction. We always know what Iowa's recipe for success is. They are going to be an incredible offense, ranking fifth right now in the efficiency metrics in Kempom. And the defense is going to struggle. But the highlight for the defense this year is Iowa does not turn the ball over. You are not going to take it from them. They are not going to make mistakes. And they play at a very fast tempo, which means like an Oregon team last year, you need to match their pace because if you can't take it away from them and they are not turning the ball over for you, paying and playing at a pace they want to play, there's only one recourse for you to have success against them. And that's why I think Iowa can be a dangerous team. And as Luca Garza did last year, but in a different fashion this year for Keegan Murray, if he needs to take over a game, he can certainly do that. And that one individual player, especially on tournament stages like we have seen in many, many decades past, you can change the outcome of an NCAA tournament game based on one individual. And Keegan Murray certainly is that guy for the Iowa Hawkeyes. So I think based, again, on the draw and how the bracket shakes out for Iowa, they could be a very dangerous six seed, seven seed, depending on where things end up. They could get higher than that. They could be a four seed. They could be a five seed. Right now they rank 15th. In Ken Palm, it's a predictive metric, not so much based on what the committee might see and how they do their seedings when all is said and done, but that's how high Iowa is regarded by some of the predictive metrics. And I think Iowa has an opportunity through a good home stretch here to end out the regular season in the Big Ten and maybe a couple of wins in the Big Ten tournament. Iowa could be a four or five seed when all is said and done. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. And you mentioned, you know, Keegan Murray. Uh, it's hard to talk about Iowa and not talk about Keegan Murray. Uh, what he has done the last two weeks, three weeks, has been phenomenal. The efficiency numbers are just impressive. I'm, I'm going to read this down. 28 points, 24, 23, 37 to 30, 24. Those shooting numbers, uh, 7 of 14, 10 of 11, 12 of 17, 8 of 19, 8 of 12, 8 of 10. And three-pointers, 2 of 5, 2 of 5, 1 of 4, 3 of 4, 2 of 3, 2 of 4. That's absurd. 
So in the last two weeks, he's shooting over 50% from three, over 65% from the field. Uh, just absolutely phenomenal production from Keegan Murray doing it all. And we're seeing his brother, Chris, get involved as well. And Chris, you know, yep. maybe not the exact level of Keegan, but Chris is a darn good basketball player himself. And if it wasn't for Keegan, I think Chris would maybe be the number one option on this team. He's the number yep. one option when Keegan's out, which is pretty fun to see, especially considering the fact that these kids – these young adults, I should say, did not have scholarship offers coming out of high school. And the only offer outside of Iowa was Western Illinois. And now you have two of the nation's top, most efficient players in the entire country. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's truly, truly impressive. So you mentioned Iowa very good against the spread. Uh, this show is going to be dropping tomorrow. So Friday morning, do you have Iowa covering against Nebraska? There are, thir- well, I don't see the numbers yet, but I'm guessing according to Kemp, I'm roughly in that 13 point range. Would you take the Hawks on the road versus Nebraska? Uh, I would probably take the over of that game because everybody goes over against Nebraska. And although Iowa has played two straight unders, which is fascinating for a team that has one of the highest over percentages in all of college basketball, of course, Iowa can score. So maybe not a 13-point spread on the road, but maybe an Iowa team total because they will certainly get their points against the Huskers or just the game total overall because Nebraska can keep up in terms of a scoring perspective for the most part. But they have an abysmal defense that allows tons of points to even the slowest offenses in the Big Ten. And Iowa is the second best offense in the Big Ten Conference. So I would take the over in that game, whether it be the game total overall or just Iowa's team total against the Huskers. I love that. And uh, what I've been doing when Iowa has such a big – like so the last Nebraska game, I waited for the first five minutes. Nebraska was playing pretty darn well. I took Mm. a bet on Iowa to cover the spread because it got down to like – minus six or minus seven and then nebraska started just imploding right they couldn't keep up with that pace against iowa iowa started forcing a lot of turnovers iowa's defense as you mentioned not very good but they do a great job of forcing turnovers and they can really take advantage of sloppy teams uh they do a fantastic job of the trap they have quicker guards now uh aaron ulis or joe toussaint with patrick mccaffrey and using his entire six foot eight frame and lanky arms to jump up and deflect balls Uh, it's been truly fun to watch especially against teams like nebraska i equated Iowa versus Nebraska to me playing NCAA college basketball on a PS2 back when I was like 11 and putting it on rookie mode and playing the worst team in the country with like North Carolina. That's basically what yeah. it looked like Iowa versus Nebraska. Um, we're running out of time here. I have to ask you, how was the Super Bowl though? What was, what was the highlight of the Super Bowl? What was the most unexpected part about the Super Bowl? And uh, what would there, what one thing you'd want the, the people to know about the Super Bowl that you experienced? The highlight for me for the Super Bowl was on the final day that I was out there. I was there for the entire Super Bowl lead-up week. So that Monday through Friday, hosting my show live from Los Angeles. But the best part of that was Friday afternoon and getting to interview Ed Ogeron, the former head coach of LSU football, former interim head coach of USC, all that great stuff that we know Coach O for. And he was just the absolute embodiment of everything you think of when you think of Coach O. Like the voice, everything, immediately. And it's not an act. It's not a gimmick. That is exactly who he is. We were talking, walking over to the set about how he was enjoying the year off in Florida. He was telling me he hates it. He doesn't like watching daytime programming. He doesn't golf. None of that was making him happy. And then we had an interview with him, myself, and a couple of my friends and my colleagues that work at sports grid as well and we were just chopping it up having a great time and he was really really loving it he was obviously there for jamar chase and joe burrow who are a part of the Bengals team that obviously made it to the super bowl against the rams so it was a ton of fun and coach o you could listen to him tell stories just constantly and with the voice go Tigers and go Bengals and everything that he was doing so that was the best part 
by far. I think the most impressive nature of it overall was just an aha moment that I was there, that I got to host my national television and radio show live from the Super Bowl Media Center. And we were up on the FanDuel Sportsbook set because FanDuel sponsors my show. And it was the impressive first thing that you saw when you walked into the media center. And it felt like a big stage that hopefully we will we were able to put some good content out from and take advantage of. So that was the best part of it. If I want anybody to know anything about ever covering a Super Bowl, if you have ever seen anybody be a part of the NFL, they will be at the Super Bowl. It was one of the wildest things to just see all of the people walking around. You're like, oh my God, Lincoln Riley walked through one day. I was like, whoa, that's Lincoln Riley. On Friday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific time, because that's when my show started, Joe Theismann walked in the building and we weren't able to get him on the show. I was like, what are you doing here, Joe, at 6 a.m. on a Friday? Like, go back to sleep, my man. So anybody that is has any affiliation with the NFL or really just celebrities in general, because that's what the big nature of it. It's very facey. It's very sceny. Everybody is there. Justin Herbert is one of the biggest men I've ever seen walk past me in my entire <laughs> life. I washed my hands in the bathroom next to Derrick Henry, the most impressive individual I've ever stood next to. I felt like the smallest, smallest man on earth. I was like, oh my God, it was crazy to stand next to him like that. So it was a ton of fun just to see everybody, to be a part of the scene. And then obviously interviewing Coach O was pretty great. That's amazing. Um, did you ever like feel like, wow, I'm here? Like, was it like yeah. a fangirl oh. moment at any point where like, oh my For gosh, sure. there's all these amazing people, but I have to act professional because that's, it's my job to be professional. For sure. Oh, pretty much constantly every single day. But certainly that first day on Sunday, the Sunday before the Super Bowl, we got to the media center, we picked up our credentials, we did that whole thing where you, you know, sign in, you get everything set for the rest of the week. And we walked in to see where we would be. And we knew that we were going to be on the FanDuel Sportsbook set, but what that meant, we weren't exactly sure. And we walk in and it's literally the first thing you see up to your right. It's right at the entrance of Radio Row at the Super Bowl. And we're like, holy crap, like we're right there. It was Kevin, my my good friend Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wright side, their show called The Early Line that was on from 4 to 6 a.m. Pacific time out there, 7 to 9 uh, a.m. Uh, Eastern every day. They were on that stage. Then my show for two hours. Then we had an hour break where I had to go finish my show from the sports grid set so that Pat McAfee and his show could go on right after us. So it was an impressive stage. It was very fun to be a part of. And pretty much constantly every day, I'm wearing a, you know, a press credential as well, walking around and seeing people that not just NFL stars, but other media members that I admire greatly. And I'm like, you know, fanboying out, out, you know, seeing them there, like Kevin Clark, the NFL writer for the ringer, who is fantastic. I'm like, Oh, I saw Lincoln Riley and Kevin Clark within two minutes of each other. I was probably more jazzed up to see Kevin Clark than I was Lincoln Riley. It was crazy. And, but you have to be like, Oh wait, I'm wearing the same, you know, press badge that you are. So got to keep it cool. And of course, seeing all the wonderful folks from the locked on podcast network, like Ross Jackson was out there, Pete Bukowski, the host of locked on today and locked on Packers. A lot of those people that I had worked with for a long time as the host of locked on big 10 and finally got a chance to meet in person. And then of course, Whenever she comes on, the Hawkeye Angel, as she has been coined by Frank Garza, Lucy Rodine was the biggest celebrity sighting of my time there for sure. Well, I, I, I was initially when I when you're talking about on Friday, you interviewed someone. I was like, are you really going to suck up to Hawkeye Nation and say Lucy Rodine? Not that Lucy is not a phenomenal guest by any means, but Dude. compared to Ed O, I'm sorry, Lucy. I feel like Ed O might win Dude. that, that battle. You're always bagging on Lucy, man. What did Lucy I, ever do to you? <laughs> I am never bagging on Lucy, but I guess I guess I am right now. Um, well, at least she doesn't hear this before I talk to her, so she'll still come on the show first, and then this so. will drop, and then she's going to hate me, and it'll be great. Um, yeah. Last question for you. This has nothing to do with anything we talked about, so I'm wearing this hat, okay? 
It's called Craft Coast in Oceanside, yeah. California. Have you been to Oceanside? I have not. I do. I, I've heard good things about Oceanside, though. Have you actually? Heard good things about Oceanside? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it kind of San Diego area? Am I wrong in saying that? Yeah. Well, I guess I to me, it's like a completely separate universe from San Diego, but I guess it's like only okay. 45 minutes north. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You have to go. This place okay. has the most phenomenal tacos I have ever had. It was... I dream about how good those tacos were. Like, it mm. was just... It was so truly phenomenal. Like, I got the hat for the tacos, not because I liked the beer, but the beer was also phenomenal, too. But the tacos, man. Just get the train, take it from L.A., go to Oceanside, walk three blocks to Craft Coast Tacos, grab yourself some tacos. You're going to mm. thank me for it. And they are amazing. That's all I'm right. saying. That wasn't even a question, I, really. No, that was just a final point to recommend your favorite taco place. Cool, man. I'm glad I could join the <laughs> podcast for that. That was the whole point. I had to bring you on and recommend yeah. tacos. Um, that will do it for our show today, though. Appreciate you all tuning in to today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. And always making it your first listen. Now make your second listen to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast at. Ben, appreciate you coming in. Apologies it took a very long time, part of your day. This is just free. You're just doing this for fun, and I appreciate that. Um, Hawkeye Nation, tune in on Monday. We'll be back covering uh, all the things that happened this upcoming weekend, and I have a very special guest. Uh, it is not Lucy coming on Monday. Oh. Uh, it'll be a very – I got. I'm not going to break the news yet, but a very, very special guest to me coming on Monday, and Lucy will be coming on at some point next week more than likely. Hawkeye Nation, thank you. Have a fantastic weekend, and as always, let's go Hawks.